It's time for the movie raid, and tonight's victim is Matt Hill, voice actor that did the voice of Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, has done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of, of Raphael, by the way, as many others. Hello. Uh, hello, is this Mike on? Is this Mike? <laughs> Good to be here, Mike. Always a pleasure. Always Mike a pleasure. Again. What's going on? Uh, well, we are going to talk um, movies, uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, um, Ninja Turtles, and anything else that you would like to talk about. Awesome. What's your favorite Ninja Turtles, Ed? Uh, well, I'd probably have to say, yeah, I mean, you know, let me think about it a little bit, but yeah, maybe Raphael. Why specifically Raphael, though? Well, I mean, in completely self-serving ways, you know, I mean, I got to play Raph a couple times here in, you know, in the illustrious franchise, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and, uh, you know, so we've had a, we've had a, a long relationship together, he and I. And, you know, I, I, as I've gone forward in my life afterwards, I've used a lot of the time, you know, the example of sort of what, you know, the different turtles stood for. And, you know, Raph kind of always stood for the underdog. You know, he would be the guy that you'd be, you know, he'd be, he'd be looking out for people, but he'd be lurking in the dark. And he wouldn't come in until, you know, someone really needed help or, you know, he'd help an old lady cross the street, but he wouldn't tell anybody about it, right? You know, he just had this, this very deeply caring personality and stuff for, for justice and, you know, fighting for the underdog, right? So, I just, yeah, I've kind of, kind of dug that about him. You know, it's kind of neat, like, I mean, in the, you know, on the inception of the, of the Turtles franchise that I was part of with Turtles 3, you know, it was, it was really cool, the collection of guys that they, that they did, you know, put together to play the Turtles, and, you know, we all kind of take on their personalities, and, and interestingly enough, when we, you know, all got to spend so much time together, you kind of realize, wow, man, they've, they've cast it really, really well, because our personalities, you know, we'd find ourselves in situations where, you know, like, Leo would have to be the peacemaker, you know, like, we were, we were actually filming in Astoria, Oregon, and, and one night we all just, you know, just the turtles, we went out and just cruised around, walked around, and, you know, it was kind of like a scene right out of a movie, which was kind of wild. These kids were bullying this other kid, and, and literally, without even blinking an eye, you know, us three turtles, who are the actors playing the turtles, but we all kind of jumped into action to, you know, just kind of talk this situation down, and uh, Mark Casser, who was Leonardo, he literally, like, he was standing there, kind of just, like, peacemaking between them, going, brothers, it's okay, you know, you guys don't need to do this, you can, you know, you can find another way, and, you know, and it just me as my personality. I was just kind of waiting, just to kind of looking at the fringes, waiting to see if anybody else jumped in on it. And you know, then then I jumped in, right? Or, um, it was uh, it was pretty wild. It was like, like a really cool thing to be part of, you know. But you having to reach to network status in terms of voice acting, is it best to carefully choose the kind of line of work in voice acting at this point? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question because I think if I'm hearing you correctly, it's like almost like pre-choosing. Okay this is the kinds of roles that I'd like to play. And and I guess to that, I guess that's what makes acting, you know, such an incredible art, right? And in, in a way, sometimes the parts that say, even say societal-wise, you know, might kind of, you know, shake a stick at it and go like, oh, no, 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 that's, you know, that's horrible piece of humanity. I, I, I often applaud the actors and the actresses who, like, say, choose, say, a really risky role, right? Or, you know, choose to, say, play a role, but, but it's standing up to bring light to, say, a situation that we want to change as human beings, right? Like, you know, I think right now, you know, obviously, like, bullying, you know, from kids at school and, and you know, cyberbullying and, you know, um, and then the Me Too movement as well. It's like, I, I believe that as a society, we're, we're showing ourselves all these areas where we want to evolve, right? So I think being able to bring a light to it, to be able to show the darkness of it, ultimately helps transform it, right? And so, 
not an easy choice for an actor to make, you know, especially if then, well, let's say they're going to be, you know, paid like a significant amount of money, you know, and, and then, you know, if they're, say, a lot more famous than, say, I am, or, you know, where that really does make a difference to them being part of the cast in terms of, you know, like the marquee value, right? It's, you know, I think that once again, as the level of, say, awareness grows about all these things, you know, um, like I say, I, I applaud the actors and actresses that choose to, to do stuff like that. You know, you know, if you're talking like adult films and all that, like different, that's a whole different topic of conversation. It's like, you know, I think that's, you know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about that because um, I don't, I don't really partake in that kind of stuff. And, you know, with, I guess, the roles that I get to play, uh, again, I've been really blessed to, to be part of, you know, some pretty, popular franchises of, you know, different things. Like, you know, you look at Ed, Ed and Eddie, and it was amazing to now, you know, eight years later, be told again and again by, you know, whenever I get a chance to meet fans at, say, conventions or, you know, other speaking events that I do, of the, like, unbelievable significance that, you know, the Eds had on them having a, say, a tough childhood or not believing in themselves. But then, you know, watching, the, watching say, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, you know, my my character specifically going yeah you know and your Raphael taught me that you know I could believe in myself and that it's okay if I kind of felt like I didn't fit in but my gifts still were you know as important to lend to the world right I guess that's what I've loved is I guess I've been doing this for gosh I'm in my thirtieth year I can't believe it you know that a few years ago I I was part of a run that we did around North America and in that we met about fifty thousand school kids in two hundred twenty school presentations um, by running a marathon each day around continent it was called run for one planet you know that was where i got firsthand like these thousands and thousands of kids and their and their teachers you know telling me going dude you guys literally changed our lives and you made our lives better and so you know i finally got the light bulb moment where i was like oh my god you know i went from being just grateful for having this this really cool life and the things that i call my work but then it kind of took it tenfold being told how much say some of these roles and some of these voices really helped to elevate and impact, say, the people that were, you know, choosing to say how much these roles have changed their lives, right? Yeah, and, and not only that, to not get a, a big head of yourself having, you know, all this attention coming your way of course it's temptations it can be really hard to not get a big head but at the same time you kind of like check yourself it's like wait a minute you know this is think about how you got started and, and you know where it all began and yeah you know um but I, I guess what's the thing is it's all it's all free will and it's all choice right so i mean you know um if i've if, let's say i get more fame than i'd say i have right now let's say I don't have a choice in every moment there forward from, okay, realizing, okay, this is still a gift, getting to do what I get to do, and now it's in a much more elevated state. So hence, let's say, you know, they put a star next to my name or something, right? My choice to be able to then go, okay, well, how do I want to treat people moment to moment? Because like you just said so perfectly, we never really, you can't get away from where you're from because that is the truth of who we are, right, is where we come from. And so I think sometimes that's the journey being on the human marathon of life, as I kind of call it. It's like, you know, we're all trying to evolve. We're all trying to make the world a better place, even if we're not consciously thinking that we are. But I believe that that, that we are as human beings. I think even like that, just even from the low-hanging fruit of, you know, if you get a big head and, you know, you get a bit of an ego, it's your friends and your family first that hopefully will go like, hey, blockhead, <laughs> we, know, we, we know where you're from. You still have acne and you are, you know, <laughs> 
you weren't very cool, you know, so your friends and family are always going to be those ones, I think, that are first going to say, like, hey, hey, dial it down there in the ego department there, dude. You know, and sometimes a like, good old, big old ego uh, allows the fans and they go, hey, no, we want you, you know, I don't know. It's your, you, I think you said it perfectly. Everybody's on their own journey, right? As a way to check myself from prejudging someone as well, especially someone who's super famous. Because sometimes we have no idea what they're maybe also dealing with. You know, yeah, I totally agree too. You know, it goes back again to it doesn't matter if you're super famous, whereas you know everybody recognizes you on the front of People magazine, or if you're just famous in the you know in the comfort of your family and friends and your and your hometown. I believe it's still the same level of responsibility for for every human being to just make a choice and say, okay, I'm going to choose to be a nice person, not because I'm famous or not because I'm not famous. You know what I mean? Now, you've voiced in quite a few of family-friendly cartoons and other TV shows. Cartoons are kind of easing up to the more personal topics, so like, you know, the whole bullying and there's sexuality. What are your thoughts that, that cartoons are kind of moving into this type of direction a little bit further? Yeah, well, I, you know, I go back to that thing again. It's like, I think that that's a very courageous thing to do because sometimes these topics are really hard to they're, they're hard to talk about right they're hard to find a way through without say just automatically having it's bad and this is horrible and this is good or this is bad because there's all these different um i hate to use that term but it's like there's all these different levels and colors to it so because everybody has a story around you know on both sides of say every single issue my sense is because it's all coming so front and foremost in, in you know, especially with, um, you know, it's say the Me Too movement and, you know, um, and bullying. And it's like, I think, you know, again, it's like what I said before, it's like, I believe it's, it's us, you know, going, okay, we're gonna show all this stuff because this is the stuff we need to evolve and, and transform for us to be able to literally treat each other better, right? differently so that you know um kind of like you know i remember hearing a story back in the 80s you know when um you know gang violence was on the rise in los angeles and the you know lapd took a bold move and instead of waiting till kids were in sort of like you know middle school to go in and teach them about gangs you know they hit him at like the third grade level and you know apparently at the time people were outraged going what you can't go in and talk to you know elementary school kids about and they're like that's the time when you need to catch it that's when you need to get them to to know here's what's going to be going on, you know. Um, and I think it's the same sort of thing, you know. Especially say from a from a guy's point of view, um, you know, we need to be able to talk about like early, early on about how you treat a woman, how you treat another human being, right? So that ultimately, I believe this is where you know this is maybe the dreamer in me, but this is what I passionately believe it. It ultimately becomes. Not a question of, say, me too, say, with women being, you know, um, abused or men being abused just by the other, but it becomes either like human beings not abusing each other, right? So everybody grows up knowing I'm going to be treated with respect. I'm going to be, gonna, you know, say, sexual sovereignty. I'm going to, you know, have my sort of, you know, domain around, say, my body where I can say, yes, I invite you or no, I don't invite you. And there's, it's just not an issue. Right, you know, and in a way, this we're in kind of like the scrappy bits right now because it's there's so many things that are, I believe, coming to the forefront, right? Because you know, you got the you've got the you know your president right now, who you know you could be you could say a billion things about, and it just even shows there again the divide, say you know, and that's just one country, 
right? It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is, but it's showing kind of like, again, these beautiful cracks where everybody has the opportunity to bridge that gap between people, right? Um, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I believe like sometimes you just need a reminder. People just need a reminder of like, instead of, well, apparently talking just face to face has been really bad or last half a dozen years now but expressing it through a character like through cartoons like especially toward kids or even people who are handicapped get an idea that's a, that's a, the point and get an idea of what the issue is really about and hopefully it'll, it'll get to the higher up and maybe something will happen like like i mentioned like with the bullying and stuff and hopefully some of the stuff will improve a little over the years just because of the of these cartoons or you know, represented in a specific film or something. Absolutely, you know, and I think that that's where, you know, that sort of say, like, the, you know, the classic cartoon superhero, right, was always the defender of justice, the defender of, say, the planet, or just, you know, the defender of, you know, people who couldn't defend themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's entered a whole new era, right, where, you know, like you said, it's, you know, it's a, I think it's a, it's a great medium to be able to share the message and be able to, you know, empower kids, especially, right? You know, so yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's, that's brilliant. Yeah, and do you think it's uh, a little bit of a uh, personal challenge to you on a daily basis? Compared, I know you've been in several films before, but mostly in voice acting. Do you think it's a, always a personal challenge to you every day? Oh God, no, no, God, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm 30 years in here, and I still do a backflip whenever I get a gig. So. You know, that tells me I'm still doing the right thing. And, you know, the only time I get frustrated is if I go through a period where, you know, I'm, I get that feedback. Oh, yeah, such a great read. Oh, you were so close. You didn't get it. Oh, you were so close. You didn't get it. You know, after five of those, it's like, come on, I want another cake. Because, well, one, it keeps the fridge full of food. And I eat a lot of food because I train a lot. Um, but also, too, it's just like I love, I love what I do, right? And so sometimes when I'm super stoked to, audition for something and you know let's say it doesn't go my way you know i'm obviously i'm stoked for the person that they that they cast because ultimately you know you get the cast that were meant to be together um and those that weren't it's okay you know you get it in you get it in different shows right you know um i'm I'm a firm believer there's room for everyone even you mr mike when you decide to be a voice actor one day one day when how do you keep yourself from repeating the same type of theme every time you do a character I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. I, I have no idea. Because sometimes the stuff that comes out of my mouth, like my vocal cords for different, you know, um, shows, I have no idea if that's a repeat or, if, you know, I mean, obviously I, I play a lot of young superheroes, you know, when I when I first started and a lot of the voices would be sort of like, you know, just me, but a bit, a bit younger of a version, right? Um, and then as I've gone along, I've, you know, obviously, you know, I think playing Ed definitely was the first big departure. You know, in, in saying doing a voice that, um, you know, wasn't, say, you know, recognizable to, say, my own speaking voice. Um, but it really gave me a lot of liberty, you know, for those eight seasons to, to just play, you know, especially a character like him who's so, like, comes out of nowhere with, like, you know, if you think about it too much, it's like, what? <laughs> but, you know, I think sometimes it's it's like realizing when maybe you're rehashing the same you know, reads, if you, like, again, that's always the, like, say, in that standpoint, I'd say the actor, right, to be able to go, okay, well, how can I continue, continue to develop, you know, say, my instrument so that I can try some different stuff, right? That's always the constant, that always keeps you new, keeps you fresh, um, keeps you inspired, you know, and also, too, um, it, it's always a, a balance between, because sometimes 
you're getting hired again and again and again and again because they can trust that, you know, Matt Hill is going to come in and he's going to kick the butt, you know, doing this voice, right? So a lot of the time, that also is what, you know, we end up getting hired for is, you know, the um, the consistency of the of the instrument, right? You know, because up here in Canada, um, you know, our sessions are, generally they're about four hours long to do. I've had one episode of a pre-life. LA, I think it's pretty much the same. So they want to know that they're going to be able to get the cast and get them recorded and get them done with not, with not too many, you know, mess-ups, right? Um, so it's always that balance because, you know, then also there's times too when all of a sudden you're like, Wait a second, I didn't get that gig, or I didn't get called in for that. And, you know, I've, I've heard that before, too, when they're like, yeah, well, you know, we kind of wanted somebody to kind of sound like you, but we wanted somebody that was different, even though they wanted them to kind of sound like you. And that's when you just, you know, I mean, that's all you, you can't do anything about that, except, like I said, go back to square one and go, okay, well, you know, train, do something different, you know, so that you come in with some different voices or, you know, let the cycle kind of go through, and then you come back again, right? I mean, it's all cycles, though. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, look at television. Look at look at movies. Look at you know. It's like what do they call it? Like look at fashion. It's like what is that? Like ten years or something? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and plug in anything that you want to address. Any websites? Anything that you're working on? Yeah. Well, we just finished. Um, I guess what season? What is it on Netflix? It's either three or four. I can't remember the way that they released them, but um, I had a blast on a DreamWorks um, Netflix original um, called Dino Trucks where I get to play the Drew, the blue truck ton ton, which was kind of like my alter ego is just like me on, you know, total like too much coffee or, you know, too many, too many Coca-Colas if I drank pop. <laughs> it's just like super fun to play and, um, you know, the kids are having a good time watching it. And then I'm just about to um, start on another project, but I'm not allowed to talk about it, um, unfortunately. And then also, um, I was involved, as I was saying earlier, with a run around North America in 2008-2009 called Run for One Planet. And so that was where um, we were meeting with primarily school kids, you know, in the 11,000 miles that we ran across Canada and around the perimeter of your great country. Um, and it was all to inspire environmental action, right? And so now as the tour, um, it's year number 10, we're going to be going out and um, running and speaking to more kids again. So um, taking all the lessons we learned, say, you know, about kids and the environment and then their fitness. And, and now the new mission is uh, going to be called Fit Kids for a Fit Planet. So um, maybe we could talk again sometime when... Uh, when we're out on the road uh, somewhere running around the States because it'll be a, a similar type of effort, um, but it'll be broken up into almost like sections of, say, the way a band of the tour. So we'll do, like, the West Coast, and then we'll, say, do the East Coast and, you know, different different places like that. So, but, yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, they could go to my website, uh, matt-hill.com, um, or if they wanted to learn about the Run for One Planet story a little further, they could go runforoneplanet.org. Um, and uh, check out and come say hi to me uh, on Facebook or I'm not a huge on Twitter um, but if you if you say hi on Facebook I'll definitely I'll find you <laughs> well there you have it that is Matt Hill voice actor 